Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars Rewatch. Uh, this is the time of the week when we sit down and talk Clone Wars, uh, at least as many Clone Wars as we've watched this week. Uh, we'd talk about them all if we could, but uh, we're legally obligated to only release them in drips of content so that we keep you coming back. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. <laughs> and I'm your dripping yellow madness, Megan. <laughs> You're not yellow. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> I could be. could eat some carrots. I could be. Uh, you could be anything you want within reason. That's, yep, that's it. Pretty much. Uh, well, yeah, so um, this week uh, we are talking, we're ending uh, this season one of The Clone Wars. It's taken us a little bit longer than we thought it would. Uh, there was a couple weeks where life kind of hit us uh, in the wonky way, and so things got pushed back a little bit. But nonetheless, we have reached the end of Season 1, uh, which is an accomplishment, and it's only uphill from here with the Clone Wars, that's for sure. <laughs> so, excited for that. Has anything ever been just, you know, walking across the hill? No, up or down, just, you know, a gentle jaunt around the hill. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's What's either that? uphill or downhill. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much how everything in life goes. It's either up or down. <laughs> and you're only ever at the peak for a few minutes. <laughs> wow. Don't. I, I'll <laughs> tell you what my peak was today. <clears throat> we found out that Otterbox makes a little, I guess it's called a den, but it's a little case for your Google uh, Dot. And it is the cutest thing I've ever seen because it's Mickey. <laughs> yes. That is that was my peak today, and it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, if you guys have Spotify, hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah. Um, Spotify family. Yes, yeah, Spotify family. Uh, they're running a promo right now where if you sign up, you get a free Google Mini, or if you've already got an account, you can still claim one. We've had our account for years, um, but. Uh, we were able to claim our free Google Mini. It's regularly like 80 bucks, uh, full price. And yeah, Megan spotted the case today. I had seen it, but really didn't have an interest. It's um, precious. Because the Google Mini we got is gray, and for the effect, you should have the black one. But nonetheless, it'll be cute once it's uh, once it gets here. So I can't wait to ask Google the questions. Yeah, all the Star Wars trivia then. Uh, maybe we'll have <laughs> maybe we'll have Google answer a Star Wars trivia question. Okay, Google, do you yeah. know you're precious? <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you've got Spotify um, family, then you can go ahead and do that. If you don't, uh, maybe consider signing up. Uh, you get a free Google Mini, and it's just convenient. I mean, we both yeah. have our separate accounts, and it's only fourteen ninety nine a month, um, and you can have, I believe, up to ten. So that's really cool. Do you remember in, uh, I think it was, what was the movie with Colin Firth? I don't remember He that. was the spy, the, the, the gentleman. I don't know who that is. You don't know who No. Oh my gosh. This is a Star it's, Wars podcast. I no, only like, know Star okay. Wars. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> um, okay, it was Colin, it was Colin Firth. It was Samuel L. Jackson and it was Taron Egerton. I know one of those names. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Can you guess It was the one? spy movie. The guy, the kid's name is Eggsy. I don't remember what it's called. I've never heard of that. Well, in the movie, we watched it. Yeah, remember? 
Is that Kingsman Circus? Yes, that's it. Kingsman Super that's it, Kingsman. You remember how they gave away, like, free phones in that movie? And they turned out to be, like, a death trap? Was made people phone? go crazy? It was something technology-wise. Yeah. I think it was an implant, though. I think so. I don't remember. Do you ever think about that? Yes, when giving away free stuff? It was an implant, because it was supposed to blow them up. No, that was the that was the people to keep them safe. For, or keep them, it blew up Mark Hamill's head. Yes, it did. It made the people fight, though. Yes, Mark Hamill was in that movie. Yeah, he was. So, so it's that, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, <laughs> it brings it back to Star Wars. But yeah, do you ever think about that when you get free stuff? It's like, this could kill me. I, I can't wait. everything can kill me. So that's just how I go through life in general. I could kill you. Yep. Anything could kill me at any point in the day. I really hope this doesn't get used for evidence one day. <laughs> I could, but I won't. This podcast could kill me one day. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by death. <laughs> Collect I get your the free death. that you're going to be the death of me. Um, <laughs> uh, so that she was con- right, though. That convoluted uh, intro aside, uh, hopefully you are strapped in because, boy, howdy, it's already off to a start. <laughs> um, but we've got some good episodes. One interesting thing that you'll find mm-hmm. in today's episode is at some point you'll hear a sponsorship little ad. We'll come back to that. Um, don't hate us for uh, incorporating that. It's only about a minute of your life and a minute away from the Star Wars. Um, but it's an awesome new thing that Anchor allows us to uh, do yeah. uh, to self-sustain our podcast. And, um, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, and just think about it. This allows us to do more. This allows us to improve the podcast. And it allows us to do more stuff that for you. Yeah. We want to give you free content. Yep. That that won't kill you. So, um, you, we'll talk more about that uh, at the end of the episode, about uh, how exactly all that works and plays into everything, um, and so forth and so. Uh, but to get to the end, to talk about that, we have to get to the episodes. So I vote that we get to the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I mentioned, this is the season finale of season one, and I think these are some of the best episodes of season one. They're some of my favorites. Um, I actually have quite a lot of favorites in season one, and as we go on, it's going to get harder and harder uh, for me to be able to pick out my favorite, and and hopefully uh, it'll be interesting to kind of, at the end of this episode, talk about your favorites, since this is all new to you. I don't think you've even finished before i don't i don't know where you got in the clone wars before you stopped before episode four probably yeah (laughs) i knew it was early on um, yeah so but it's been very different this time around which i've i've enjoyed um and it's given us some fun conversations so far and the clone wars rewatch is definitely both our favorite and clearly everyone else's favorite it's always the most popular on our uh listings so um, glad to see that everybody's enjoying it from herd leader to herd. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we begin with season one, episode 19, Storms Over Ryloth. And so this arc is all about the Battle of Ryloth, or whatever you want to call it. We call it the battle, but um, essentially each part takes a different view of the battlefield and focuses on. Uh, different lead protagonists, which is pretty cool. Um, and so the moral of this episode is that it is a rough road that leads to the heights of greatness. Uh, and 
certainly in this episode, Ahsoka feels that. Um, as we'll talk about, that's essentially uh, tied to the main plot is, you know, Ahsoka learning that it, it takes a lot to get to not necessarily greatness in the prideful sense, but greatness as, in the sense of a good leader, um, a reliable leader, uh, a smart leader. Uh, in this case, you know, it costs uh, Ahsoka, and in most cases for us, in our lives, it, it costs us as well. That's the difficult thing. We want greatness, but, it, you know, we don't always want the bill yeah. for it. Um, but we have to just keep in mind that, you know, we have to make investments in ourselves um, if we want to reach goals and be better people. Yeah. So invest in yourself. Uh, it's going to take a lot to get you there. Yeah, but there's also other people that will invest in you, too. Which exactly. Is yeah. It takes hard work, but it's worth it. Yep. It gets easier every day you do it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, the opening narration for the episode is Planet Ryloth Invaded. Subjected to brutal <laughs> droid occupation, the people of Ryloth are starving under the blockade of a separatist fleet. Evil separatist leader Wat Tambor now rules with an iron fist. Uh, answering a plea from the Senate, the Grand Army of the Republic mounts a bold offensive to liberate the system. It's up to Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka to make way for Obi-Wan's ground assault. <laughs> what I've learned from the Clone Wars is the Separatists are very fond of blockades. Well, it's effective. Um, you know, it's essentially uh, fortifying uh, a stronghold. Uh, you know, in our in our world, it's much easier to understand in a sense because you're basically cutting off contact to a uh, controlled area. Um, in Star Wars, it's a bit goofier for some people because how do blockades work? You're in space, just, you know, come at the other side of the planet or so forth and so on. But there's a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo that basically explains it away in that there are lanes. Yeah. Um, it may not seem like it, but for for navigational computers and hyperspace tracking, uh, not hyperspace tracking, but hyperspace plotting, uh, there are lanes that can be followed, and there's some that can't. Uh, and so usually that's where the blockade is set up in the most optimal and typical way that a ship would approach a planet or an area. Uh, you could do the alternative, but it more than likely is way more dangerous. Uh, it's it's safer to basically just charge through the the fences. I'm gonna go ahead and call that a nerd alert. Uh, I mean, we it, woo, yeah, we yeah. woo. That's but <laughs> it's a big thing. Blockades happen a lot in Star Wars. How the heck? Yeah. You know, it. I think it's funny that I called you out for being a nerd on a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> that I am also. That's the a part point. Of. <laughs> I I got I bring the nerd stuff. You bring the goofy stuff. So. I bring so much to this podcast. So much egg salad. <laughs> Stay egg salad. Gross. I can't have eggs, so I don't, I don't like know why I brought egg it. Salad, so. I can't have dairy either, so I don't know why I brought egg salad. You're awfully cheesy. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the episode, please? Can we? This? Okay. Alright. So, this is one of those episodes where we get to see some lovely, lovely snips growth. The beautiful Soka. Uh, the season one finale arc is just an amazing episode, and 
followed by even more amazing episodes. And this is the beginning episode. Is a great moment of challenge and growth for Ahsoka, our girl. The Separatists have set up a firm blockade around the planet, the planet Rana. planet Rana. If you remember back in our fourth Clone Wars rewatch episode where we discussed the supply lines, the Republic has been attempting to get through to help the Twilight people of Ryloth for, I'd say, a while. Yeah, a we while. don't really know how much time <coughs> went went by. Not really. I I think that there was, you know, we. So in that episode, Republic forces were already there, but they were overrun by the droids, mm -hmm. and so I'm sure they've tried on multiple occasions to get through and just haven't been able to get through. And so this is, uh, from the sounds of it, the big plan of just retaking the planet. Yeah. You know, um, it sounds weird, but it's the Republic invasion. They're invading. Uh, the planet that's under the Separatist control, so... Yeah, but they don't have flying saucers. Or cows. No, they do not. How funny do you think it would be for a flying saucer to just jew over a bantha and try to pick it up? Okay, so... <laughs> um, so, there's a lot of urgency, because you, you not got the supply lines to somebody, you kind of get... They have no access to food. Yes. So that's, that's a that's a big un. So there's a lot of pressure and urgency on Ahsoka um, as she is tasked with leading the mission to break through the Separatist ships, uh, break on through to the other side. All is going well until more Separatist frigates, our favorite word, show up with reinforcements. Ahsoka attempts to push on, but after losing Tucker in the assault, she finally listens to Anakin. And after losing Axe and taking heavy damage to their cruisers, they finally escape. Mm -hmm. We lost two clones. In we a lost matter, more than that. Well, yeah, we lost a few clones, but yeah, two good. named. <laughs> no, they're all named. Oh, well, I didn't know that. That was names. my point. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned Tucker and Axe, but uh, Ahsoka's blue squad uh, is also made up of Slammer, Kickback, and Swoop. Um, I'm not really sure why they didn't send a bigger group of fighters. I think that would have kind of solved the problem. Yeah, but maybe a little. Ahsoka needed to learn a lesson. Anyway, Swoop and Kickback are the only survivors of the mission, obviously, including Ahsoka. Um, the clones piloted the standard clone starfighter of the time, the V-19 Torrance. Um, if you haven't learned by now, when I'm talking on the Clone Wars rewatch, I'm nerding. I'm delivering that sweet, goody, nerdy stuff that you didn't know you wanted to know. And I'm scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> like the fact that uh, the clone ships are called V-19 Torrents. Hmm. Uh, the ship's folding wings were based on the similar aesthetic of the Corsair fighter plane of the 40s and 50s, which actually occupied uh, the uh, battleship that my grandfather was on during his time in the Navy. Hmm. Uh, they The USS Miami. The wings fold up to help uh, with numerical superiority. You can fit more planes if they're not all uh, wings aren't all jutted out and whatnot. Yeah. I um, would like to point out that you T-posed while uh, telling me that. I had so. to I had to give it a proper example. Yeah. Um, the V-19s were originally created for the 2003 series. That was their first appearance. Uh, and so it's nice that they were kind of canonized uh, as they continued on. Um, They'd be the regular fighter of the Republic for a good part of the Clone Wars before being replaced by the bigger ARC-170, which is a predecessor to the X-Wing, and the Nimbus V-Wing, which is a predecessor to the TIE Fighter. Hmm. So, oh, sick. 
I have yeah. a question. Yes. So, big ship. Is it attentive for, or is it attentive-eve? Uh, it's pronounced tantive-eve. It's not spelled that way, but it is pronounced that way. It okay. It doesn't make sense, but it's, okay. it's tantive-eve for. Just making sure, because I got into a full-on argument with Justin about that not too long ago. The, the thing is, I, I mean, I don't fault anybody because it's much, it's like uh, grade school Kashyyyk um, uh, trivia. Kashyyyk? Uh, no, it's not about pronouncing it. I know. Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, to know the Wookiee homeworld was like the ultimate test, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah, this was a fun thing. This wasn't like a, oh, you're a girl at a convention. Well, what's the Wookiee homeworld? It wasn't anything like that. It was for fun. Uh, it was just for grade school bragging rights. It wasn't anything about shaming, uh, in the sense that it would be today. Yeah. But, you know, back then, that was that was the, the Star Wars test. If you said you were a Star Wars fan, they were like, oh, yeah? Well, I bet you don't know where the Wookiee homeworld is. Uh, and it was even better if you could spell it. Um, and There's, like, three Ys. There is three Ys. <laughs> and so it was, it was just one of those cool things. So um, now, n knowing what I know, I know that that at the time, was not public knowledge. That's why it was such a big deal. If yeah. you did know it, yeah, you were it a real nerd. Yeah. Um, so I hate that. I hate that so much. With the, yeah, but again, we could get into that later. I, it, that <laughs> wasn't what it was about. Um, but So it's the same thing with this, with the Tantive versus Tantive. I don't call anybody wrong for saying Tantive because if, if all you know is ha having seen it written, yeah, um, and whatnot, then that's what it's going to be to you. Um, more official sources, you hear it's uh, said as Tansa V. But yeah. again, uh, Han's name is Han, but Lando says Han. Is he wrong because he says it that way? Yeah. No, he says it wrong because he's being a butt, I think. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of other times where someone says something weird. They mm -hmm. mispronounce it. Now, in the real world, that's just actors mispronouncing weird words. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think in-universe, it's the same thing of nobody yeah. really knows and cares. It's just... Yeah, it's like in English class. I was... You... I hate... I hate... I hate... I hate people. I don't hate people. I, I hate certain people. People who make fun of other people for the way they say something. Mm -hmm. That's who I do not like. Because, yeah, like... No, I mean... No. You know, the thing is, you gotta let go of. Yeah. Now, there's certain things I do get frustrated when certain people pronounce certain things certain ways. Yeah. Um, there's just for for some. You things, mean like Ada? For some things, there's just a way that you say it. There's just yeah. one way. There's no arguing, and if you say it a different way, you're wrong. Now, that's not the reason to beat anybody over the head necessarily, but it's worth saying, hey. You know it's actually pronounced this way. Yeah, but not. Don't be a jerk about it. Right. Um, but for instance, tantive versus tantive, there there are two ways to say it. So yeah, I just let people say it the way they say it as long as it's close enough. That suits me. I'm not going to yeah. stop the conversation to educate them. It's like some people say Cthulhu, which is correct. Some people say Chathulu. Some people say Cthulhu. Some people say. To be Chuck. fair, it's pronounced. <laughs> Like five different ways. It really is. So 
I mean, look at that word. Try to spell it. <laughs> or try... Hear it, try to spell it, look at it, try to pronounce it. Because it is, like, so... Alright, back to... Back to... Back to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and we come back to Ahsoka. She is understandably feeling a little bit guilty and sorrowful for her performance on the mis mission, but there is little time to wallow, as it is a battlefield. Anakin pushes Ahsoka now to jump... A Amen, sister. <laughs> Anakin pushes Ahsoka to jump back into the conflict. After making a report to Master Mace Windu and Obi-Wan, or as it is in the notes, Obi-Wan, there's no I. <laughs> uh, I type fast. <laughs> you do. I have to, like, I, I have to translate sometimes. Uh, the stakes are high for our heroes to succeed. And Anakin believes that Ahsoka can lead them to that victory. Which, I think we all believe in Ahsoka. Um, I lost my place. Okay. After some creative thinking, a plan is devised and sent to, to send an abandoned ship straight into the main Separatist cruiser. This would allow Ahsoka and the fighters to more easily take out the other frigates and droid ships, thus making a path to the planet for Obi-Wan and Windu. A very good plan, but only if it works. Anakin leaves it largely to Ahsoka as he takes the task of steering the damaged cruiser into the enemy. Ahsoka comes up with an unconventional but brilliant plan, even though Rex and the others are not sure. Admiral Yalaren gives Ahsoka his vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. Are, are, you, are you proud of me? I, I, I said it I right. am. <laughs> I am. I didn't put the phonetics there for you. <laughs> I've heard it said. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, the again, I'm back with the nerd facts. Yeah. The, the things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, the Venator-class Star Destroyers, that's what the Republic cruisers are called, um, they, that make up Anakin Fleet, uh, those ships were called the Resolute, the Defender, and the Redeemer. The Redeemer is the ship destroyed in the beginning of the battle, and the Defender is the ship that Anakin uses to ram into the Lucra Hulk droid battleship. That's what the horseshoe ah. uh, droid ship is called. Sick. Uh, it's a really cool name for a droid ship. Um, fun fact, the uh, Rebel smashed. Alliance actually used one of these for uh, uh, one of the battleships as a flight academy at one point. Huh. Uh, they're very, very large and hold a lot of ships, and while they aren't good for combat, they're good for storage, so it kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> the plan to ram a ship into the flagship of an enemy is a real strategy used it to its greatest effect by the Spanish Armada. Uh, they would load up uh, ships uh, with explosives and then steer it into uh, enemy ships and then let it go off. Uh, and then the rest of the ships would uh, sweep up during the confusion. Fancy. So, yeah. Uh, the droid battleship is commanded by Captain Mar Took. Uh, he's not named in the episode, and he actually escapes, but uh, <laughs> we don't see him again. But Mar Took is voiced by uh, Corey Burton, and is actually named after Dave Filoni's cat. Huh. I knew Filoni was a cat person. He's a cat man. Give it a good uh, despite his escape before the destruction of his ship, we never see Martuk again. No, nonetheless, the plan is a success, and the land troops can finally reach the planet. Yes. 
I'm, re- um, I'm just going to start doing that every time we finish <laughs> recording. Uh, well, we're not done, but uh, the, the ships that uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Mace Windu land are called a Calamitor class <laughs> ships. They are different from the uh, Venator class ships. The Calamitors are the ones that are actually used uh, during the Battle of Geonosis. So that kind of, Well, during the Battle of Geonosis and that end scene where you see the ships taking off, and it's very, you know... Uh, dark and loomy. Um, those are Eclamator-class ships. So, uh, what do you think of the episode, Luke? I was very sad that Ahsoka had to go through some sad times, but I'm glad that she got through it. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting <laughs> because... Pardon me. They don't really say it this way, but basically, you know, a big part is that, you know, Anakin's upset with her for disobeying orders, um, which you shouted out, like, you know, she learned it from watching you. I learned it from watching you, Dad! Yeah, which is very accurate, and she points that out. She says, you you disobey orders all the time, and he doesn't say it in the way, but basically the truth is that when Anakin disobeys orders, it usually goes better than it did for Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... He's really good at, you know doing that. Right. Well, I would say he's he works best in improvisation. He, he's good at um, reacting in the moment. So for Ahsoka to follow closely after his model of you know, Anakin wouldn't wouldn't retreat mm-hmm. uh, but Anakin wouldn't retreat if he fully understood the situation, I think. I think he clearly recognized that Ahsoka was outnumbered. She only had, I think, five clones with her, so and one was dead by that point. So, yeah. you know, I think I think that's a big thing in this that doesn't get much attention yeah. in the sense of, you know, um, even when a leader that you follow and respect does something unconventional, it doesn't mean that you can necessarily pull it off. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka clearly couldn't pull off Anakin's kind of in- unconventional, but she yeah. showed here when she came up with the plan for the end of the episode she showed she has her own version of being unconventional. Yeah. And that worked. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate, you know, Admiral Yularen stepping in and being like, hey, I I think you can do this, Ahsoka. You yeah. got this, girl. Well, because you go, girl. As you go, weird, Plink, as go, weird as it was, you know, to Rex and the other clones' credit, uh, it was an odd plan, but it was also a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think I think that's why he he went for it is there was really no way for it to fail i i did i am always frustrated when stuff happens though where it's like so at the end of the episode they basically just launch a whole bunch of uh y wings and bomb the other frigates yeah uh and it's pretty much easy pickings uh you would think they would have done that the first time uh y-wing bombers would have been far more effective than v-19 torrents uh when attacking the lucre hulk anyway but Again, Ahsoka needed to learn a lesson. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. She needed to grow. But uh, definitely, I really liked the strategy that she came up with. Um, it's really nice to see her get that kind of highlight. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it fits her character. Because, again, it's unconventional, and you almost want to ident- identify that with Anakin. But she clearly made it her own thing. Yeah, and I'll say after watching, spoiler alert, we watched The Phantom Menace last night. Um, I see a lot of, like, young Anakin and Ahsoka sometimes. 
Yeah. Like, well, their mannerisms are very similar. They have, um, you know, Anakin has a very headstrong, uh, you know, I, I think it's the same kind of personality we see later, but I think in his later years, it's much more brash, whereas in his younger years, it's much more, yeah. you could have categorized it as naive. You yeah. know, when like when, you know, uh, they're in the hangar and he's like, hey, what about me? And it's like, no, stay there. Yeah. And he's like, but I could, you know, I could help. You know, he just, he thinks about just get helping get things, getting things done. I mean, that's the whole plot of uh, Anakin in the first film is that, you know, well, you, you say no one helps help. uh, anybody in the universe. It, yeah. You know, and, um, and it's kind of sad how you see that in his later years, too. And yeah. in, the, in Revenge of the Sith, he just wanted to help his wife. Yeah. He just wanted to help. Now... He didn't do it the right way. <laughs> yeah, it was very selfish. The same way that Finn wanted to help Rey in The Last Jedi, but it was very selfish. He was needed where he was. Uh, Rey had things under control. Yeah. So you want to almost be like, well, just let him go help Rey. But when you really pull back on the big picture, and that's what Rose was teaching him, is that you know, sometimes you can be selfish and still be helpful um, yeah. But you can be far more helpful um, if you really apply yourself. Like, you know, the ending is, you know, it would have done Finn no good to ram into the, the weapon. It was almost fully charged at that point. Um, and so, again, he was being selfish in the sense of, I have to do this. I have to do it this way. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like Finn, a lot of the time, is constantly trying to prove to himself and others, you know, I'm not the Empire. I've, I've left that behind. Yeah, that he's the hero. Yeah. yeah. And and that kind of comes up with what Ahsoka does here, is I think she's trying to be like her master. Empire instead of First Order, sorry. They're the same thing. Um, <laughs> Empire 2. In, in, you know, instead of doing things her way like she does in the end, mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning she's too busy trying to do like Anakin. And that's where, you know, when she said, but you would have done the same thing. Anakin probably would have, but... You know, it, as bad as it sounds, he probably would have had a better plan for doing that. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I think he would have been smart enough to make the call to retreat if he was in that situation anyway. Um, the, let's see. Um, before the last thing, I'll just say that um, I, I think it's interesting that this, I think, is the first time we really deal with uh, the loss of the clones. Yeah. Uh, with a character, you know, Ahsoka, Ahsoka had five people die that she was responsible for. Um, yeah, and you gotta think like Ahsoka thinks of the people around her as family. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, a really uh, strong moment <coughs> is when you know they're they're retreating, uh, and I believe it's Axe is the um, the leader of the clone group, you know, and she's just you know they they communicate in a sense that they've worked together before and so you know she's just like okay stay with me you know keep up you know and when when he ultimately when his um, ship fails and gets destroyed you know her reaction it it's not like oh no I lost a clone it's you know that was axe yeah um, and it's almost it's very similar and echoing to you know in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith when uh, the clones show up to help um, Obi-Wan and Anakin and um, the 
the droid fighters start picking them off, and Anakin wants to go help. Uh, and but Obi Wan's like, nope, they're doing their job, yeah. and he's not wrong. Yeah, and Anakin's not wrong. You know, that's that weird conflict of Anakin good to go help, but that's not his mission. But at the same time, is it really okay to just let them die? Yeah. Um, I'm very glad that nobody said to Ahsoka, they're only clones. Yeah. I mean, I they really treat it like loss, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I appreciate is, you know, normally we don't really get to rest with that. The, the, the one other time I would say is when Anakin, in an almost similar situation, in the malevolence arc, you know, when he is you know, steadfast that our mission needs to be to destroy uh, the bridge of the malevolence, destroy Grievous. And he can do it, but the others can't. And and really, it's interesting that this episode follows that. Um, so it's kind of an echo of, Anakin's already learned this lesson of, you know, you've got to be smart with the lives you have in your hands. Because at the end of the episode, you know, he's very mournful for the clones that he lost. Yeah. So... It's, it's a lot of parallels, and it's a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and, of course, it all ends happily ever after, yeah. at least in this sense. But um, Yeah. And I think that there's a lesson in there. Just be careful how you lead, because you need to understand that you are leading others. You have people who are following you, and they yeah. will follow your lead, whatever that is. Yeah, and, and even, uh, you know... Um, I don't think that any of us are necessarily leading uh, people in life or death situations, but certainly you're leading people in the direction they'll take in life. Um, you know, you might have a sibling, or you might have a younger friend, um, or you might have a coworker, or you know, any number of things, classmates, whatever. Yeah, you um, might be a supervisor. You might have children. Yeah. Um, you can you can really mess up some kids. Right. And, and so it's it's the same lesson. Again, we can look at it and say, well, it's not life or death. No, um, but ultimately it is life or life. It's one kind of life versus another. Yeah. Uh, and and it, well, it's not as bipolar. Yeah. There's multiple ways that a, a life can take direction based on how you lead someone. Yeah. So the big lesson is just be mindful, be responsible with that. Um, I guarantee yeah. everyone listening to this has at least one person that looks up to them in some capacity, and yeah. whether you realize it or not, they're learning from you, so be mindful what they're learning. Yeah, and if it helps, think about think about when you were a child, an adult who let you down. Or when you're an adult or a teenager, someone who you trusted to lead you, who let you down completely. I'm pretty sure we've all got something like that <laughs> so don't be that person yeah keep to someone else. keep that in mind when you're in a leadership position or yeah. you know parenting or something like that yeah. so <sighs> um parenting the last thing i'll mention uh after that nice deep conversation yeah. <laughs> um, in each of these episodes i saw a similar sort of um storyline uh every episode is like an onion or a cake, or an ogre, where there's multiple layers. So, Parfait? Of course there's, you know, the major plot of, alright, we need to get through the blockade. Then there's the subplot of, okay, and uh, Ahsoka needs to learn how to deal with loss. Then there's the other plot of, okay, Anakin needs to learn how to lead someone in a very do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do way. Yeah. Uh, so, many layers down, something I saw in this episode, and in further episodes from a different perspective, 
is the perspective it sets. Yeah. In this case, the perspective of the soldiers in war. Um, this deals heavily with, as we just mentioned, um, how a leader in, wa in wartime situations uh, leads with the lives that they have with them. You know, how, how can you take a step forward uh, knowing that there's people's lives that hang in the balance of, of that step? Yeah. Uh, it can be very debilitating, and, and until you've been in a role where you've had to make those kinds of decisions, you, yeah. it's very difficult to, to judge. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, we kind of covered it in, in, in our more applicable sense yeah. um, of, you know, just being mindful of who's watching and learning from you and being mindful of how the way you live your life might affect those around you. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, the clones are always depending on the Jedi. They're always depending on their uh, commander in general and whatnot. And you have clones um, that are depending on you. You have people that are depending on you. Yeah. And so in this case, we see the idea of how important leader, mindful leadership is. So, Quoth both the Hamilton and the uh, Isaac Newton, every action has its equal opposite reaction. Very true. Yep. Yep. Catch so, that. Mm. Um, everything you do <laughs> does something. Yeah. Uh, let it be a positive something, a good something. Um, and if it's not a good something, then do a good something to make up for that not good something. Exactly. It's like, it's like Daniel Tiger says, guys. You can't just say, I'm sorry. You gotta say, I'm sorry. How can I help? Yeah, pretty much. That, exactly. That works. We'll go with that. That'll be our uh, closing wisdom there from <laughs> Daniel Tiger. From Daniel Tiger. We'll see if Daniel Tiger has anything to say about our next episode. Probably not. Hopefully not. If you have to go potty, stop and go right away. Wash and flush and be on your way. Yep, that doesn't apply. Um... <laughs> So, moving on now to episode 20, uh, The Innocence of Ryloth. Not The Innocence, but The Innocence. I, I, I understand that I can't enunciate that very well to tell oh, the difference, boy. but it's referring to people. Okay. <laughs> not, not, not chastity. Um, <laughs> the moral of this episode is the costs of war can never truly be accounted for. Um, and it's kind of a self-contained wisdom there. Uh, yeah, and I think there are several people that can attest to that uh, from the yeah. soldiers to the people to everything uh, yeah. there's just no way to really know how much uh, of a effect it has even after you know the day is won and the final battle is had um, yeah. they're still paying for, uh, for the actions of war so Remember, history is written by the victors. Mm -hmm. Not people named Victor. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just a know. bunch of victors. Oh, your name's Victor? Oh, we need you to scribe for the uh, American History Association. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to our scrying ritual. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, that'd be terrible for Victor Von Doom. <laughs> oh. Oh. He'd write all the bad stuff. Bad. Bad. <laughs> uh, the opening narration for this is Invasion. Separatist leader Wat Tambor has taken control of the planet Ryloth and subjugates its people through a brutal droid occupation. In a daring surprise attack, General... Uh, oh, sorry. Well, he is a general. But Jedi, Anakin Skywalker, and his Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, defeated the, splay, the Splace 
The space blockade. The space blockade guarding the planet. Now Jedi Generals Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi lead a massive invasion to liberate the starving people. They made everybody a general. Uh, je Jedis were default generals, yes. Ahsoka's a general. <laughs> no. She's like 12. No, well, she's a paddle. She's a commander. Still, she's a baby. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. I think we talked about that when we talked about the, uh, when we talked about the movie. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of yes. responsibility. She's like 12. Yeah. Maybe 13. If you think about it, geez louise, don't think about Padawans too hard, because they're literally just children being told you cannot have emotions for the rest of your life. That's a, a really emotional time. Jeez. That's why the... That's why the Jedi needed to be overthrown and destroyed. It's time for the Jedi to end. <laughs> exactly. Allow me to uh, flip my cape and Whoosh. exit the cave. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and, you know, we don't really know. I'm sure they're very educated in how to handle themselves in battle, but not necessarily... Life. Uh, well, life, but I was going to say in war. Um, you know, we don't know... Bruh. I mean, you know, they hadn't had war for thousands of years. Or at least a thousand years. So this was relatively new, uh, which is um, why a lot of Jedi had misgivings about being leaders in the wars because, like, they're Jedi's, not generals. Yeah, so, peacekeepers. All kinds of stuff. Supposedly. But whose peace are they keeping? Ooh. Dun dun dun. Dun dun. We're not dun dun though. No, we're not. I'm finished eating this orange. Dun dun. Okay. I'm just going to uh, stare at yeah. you. Okay. It was another great episode, Stairboy. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, and it was dealing with the effects of war in a very real way. John, this is a kid's show. Supposedly. supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, oh, wow, sometimes. I mean, there were a lot of kid's shows when we were growing up that... The most you had to worry about was them being obscene, not necessarily, um... Yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but... I uh, watched Ren and Stimpy. You know, well, so, <laughs> yes, you go from kid shows involving crude humor to kid shows involving deep topics and very real situation, as in this case. I mean... Man, that's deep. Um, but this time around... We are no longer with Anakin and Ahsoka. No, no. We're with Obi-Wan and his troopers. After he and Mace Windu manage to make it to Ryloth, the droid's proton cannons make it impossible to land. Windu orders Obi-Wan to clear them out, and Obi-Wan lands with Cody and the Ghost Company, which sounds, like, spooky. Like, I feel like that would be a good Halloween episode. Yeah. The Ghost Company. Yeah. I almost wonder, the, the majority of the, the troops are clad in just plain white armor rather than the standard 212th. The only 212th uh, marked clones are Waxer and Boyle that we'll talk about. Uh, so I almost yeah, wonder if they were called Ghost Company because they were all made up of uh, shinies or uh, uh, plain armored. That's mm. just my, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about that as we were watching the episode of why they got the name, other than the fact that it sounds cool. Time. Right. <laughs> Cody's just like, That's why they suck. He's got the blankets up over his helmet, and he's like, oh, I, I see, see dead, dead people. 
Okay, so they take out a few droids shortly after landing, but it only alerts the tactical droid. Who I'm gonna call Stumpy. I don't know lots why. Of lots of enunciation there. Yeah. The tactical <laughs> droid. To their presence, who begins calculating a plan for them to deal with. Meanwhile, Commander Cody and Trooper Wooly. 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 Troopers Waxer and Boyle split up and scout ahead. Goodness gracious. Wooly. Woo. Um, this episode, it doesn't have <clears throat> very much in the way of nerd bits for me to talk about, but I can always manage to find something to talk about. Because you're a big nerd. Yes. Um, Affirmative. So, the tactical droid is not called Stumpany. Stumpany. <laughs> I'm going to start calling uh, Stephanie Stumpany. <laughs> Please don't. She's already very short. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love you, Stephanie, if you're listening to this. she's not listening to this episode. No, Justin's probably listening and laughing his butt off. <laughs> um, the tactical droid, though, is not called Stumpany or Stumpy. He's called TX-20. I like Stumpy better. <laughs> I mixed Stumpy and Twenty together. <gasps> John, his name is Tex. Yes, Tex Twenty. Oh, that's cool. Um, Howdy. The lead gunship of the Ghost Company is called the Crumb Bomber because of the nose art. Somehow, Salacious Crumb is famous enough to be turned into art for uh, the clones' uh, gunships. Is he in a uh, sexy like bomber pose? No, he's just. Uh, being a walking monkey lizard and holding a bomb. Hence the crumb bomber. Some people might think that's sexy too, so I don't know. Some people are probably into that. Some I'm people sure, are weird. I'm sure some people are into the Kwaki and monkey gorillas, are they called? What? Yeah, that's a thing thanks to resistance. So basically you have the monkey lizard and then you have what, um, <laughs> what, uh, Star Wars Explained calls swolacious crumb. <laughs> <laughs> Has science gone too far? Uh, it, apparently, it's natural. It's the same thing of how you have you have apes and then you have gorillas. Apparently, they're Kawaki gorillas. If we evolved from apes, then why are there still apes? I don't know. Because they basically saw what we did and just decided. Nope. Yeah. No, nope, I'm staying here. <laughs> <laughs> that seems hard. Get me another banana, Janet. <laughs> um, <laughs> hail Caesar! No. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Um, so, uh, yes, so the Crumb Bomber actually has some history. We've already mentioned uh, Resistance a little bit. Uh, supposedly the remains of the ship eventually made their way to a small cantina on Lothal that we can see Yay. in Rebels in the Empire Days episode. Uh, but the same art appears in Aunt Z's Tavern in Star Wars Resistance. I love Aunt Z already. So, apparently, the people in the galaxy, or artists in the galaxy, are just obsessed with Salacious Crumb, apparently. Either that, or they just... He's the mo like he's well, the, the model Kowaki and Monkey Lizard. They don't have Tumblr. They gotta post their art somewhere. I, I guess so. OC, um, do not steal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's obviously funny. Yeah. I just don't very get funny. how Salacious Crumb became that famous, but whatever. <laughs> he's a pretty crummy um, guy. Yeah, he is. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's actually during this assault, though, so full of Full of connections. Um, this this assault is when the Y wing carrying chopper uh, crashes. Uh, oh. We don't see those events obviously, but <clears throat> it does happen during the Battle of Ryloth that uh, Hera finds chopper in a crashed Y wing. Oh. What? <laughs> Poor baby. Yep, that's why he's got PTSD. Oh. Yep. 
That's baby. why I love him. Is he's just like, just not your traditional Jordan. He's broke up. I love I love broken people because they remind me that I'm not weird for being broken. Wow. Broken. <laughs> is that why you married me? Uh, it's why I love Anakin Skywalker. I'm broken in different ways. See, I fell down several flights of stairs when I was a child. <laughs> Our broken pieces fit together just fine. <laughs> Gross. I love you too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even say I love you anymore because I know that's what you're going to say. So I should say I love you I too. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> so, so many connections in this episode. As Waxer and Boyle continue to explore, they come across just the cutest, the most precious, I want one, <laughs> little toilet girl named Numa. She is so freaking cute, and she quickly bonds with the clone pair, and I'm gonna die. <laughs> Why? It's, it's so cute! It is cute. And they're never gonna, they're never, they're never gonna see her again. Oh man, I can't wait for later episodes. Oh uh, no! Please, no. No, it just makes it more meaningful. But it's also one of those, like, oh. Um, because if you, uh, I believe it's in the book Battlefield Reports. Basically, it's a really awesome book where it's almost like a history book. So it takes the different battles of Star Wars. Um, and uh, you get uh, bios on the different leaders of each battle and then the events of the battle, the major conflicts. Um, I think... It was during the Battle of Ryloth section from the Clone Wars. There's actually a quote from Numa from years later, it prior was, to Rebels. It was just Nera, Nera, over and over no, again. Uh, no, <laughs> now again, don't quote me. I do believe that's where I read it, but I know I read yeah. somewhere where um, it was a quote <clears throat> from Numa where she talks about, you know, uh, the men in white armor uh, said they'd be back. They never came back, and when they did, they weren't as nice. Ah! You know, basically saying that she never saw them again until ah! the Empire came. And so there was kind of this very hard conflict of, you know, did she think that they were uh, her Nera? Uh, you know, it's really, it's really, it, really sad and emotional. It makes it so much worse. But she becomes such a great freedom fighter in Rebels yeah. that we see. She becomes a tough gal, so. Yeah. Well, she And I do, I do believe she has the same symbol that Waxer has on his helmet on her shoulder pad. Uh, when we see her in Rebels, so that's pretty cool. I'm dying inside. <laughs> it's so cute, right? It is so precious. <laughs> I love it. That's why I wanted, I was, I could not wait for this episode for you. I love it. Yeah, well, she finds her new daddies. Uh, meanwhile, Tex plans to release starved Gutkers. Yes. After the troops to stop them. Gutkers are incredibly gross looking. They look like giant fleas. They do. <laughs> that's why they're so gross. Um, Waxer, Boyle, and Numa escape the beasts, thankfully, and Obi-Wan is pretty easily able to take care of the rest of them. Because he's a Jedi. Because he's a Jedi. I love the part where one clone's like, oh my gosh, and Cody's just like, shut up. That's, he's <laughs> shut a Jedi. Up. That's, that's why I was like, maybe they're newbies. Maybe that's why they're ghost company. Probably. <laughs> because they're probably. just all shinies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh... So Obi-Wan dunks on the gut curse. Everyone, once everyone regroups, Numa shows Obi-Wan, Waxer, and Boyle a way to get to the prisoners that the droids do not know about because they're droids and they're dumb. <laughs> they don't have that kind of technology. 
Um, while they free the prisoners that are being used as human shields, well, Twi'lek shields yeah. for the droids' cannon, meat shields, Cody and the other clones distract the droids. While the cannons are destroyed, Tex locks the barrel of his tank on Obi-Wan Numa, and it's a showdown. <laughs> Uh, but this is enough to get the Twi'lek people to act and rip apart the droid with their bare hands. Mm -hmm. That was rad. I enjoyed that. I love seeing people rip something apart with their bare hands. Yeah. Um, they just grew fuzzy bare hands. Rawr. Took care of it. No, they put on, like, you know those hats? Those really dumb looking oh, fuzzy the hats with like, the paws? Oh, the connected to the paws? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put those on, and they were like, Arr. <laughs> Bare hands. Uh, regardless of their fluffy, fluffy paws, they destroy Tex. Um, after the fighting, Windu's troops are able to land, and it's revealed that Numa's little nickname for the clones, Nera, means brothers. Or brother. Mm -hmm. And it's so precious, I died inside. Yeah, it's so cute. Oh! Oh, John! Yeah. I want one. <laughs> Well, I can't promise it'll be blue, but... <laughs> I can make it blue. I have paint. <laughs> I have My the technology. Goodness. I, you know, this is, this is these kinds of episodes where we get the cool clone interaction stuff. Yeah. That gets me so freaking excited for so much uh, <laughs> that's ahead. Um, Am I going to be sad? So much. <laughs> oh my goodness. So great. Welcome uh, to the Clone no one... Wars podcast where I have a mental breakdown every episode because clones. Yeah, no one is allowed to talk to Megan about Umbra. No. Nope. So. What? Huh? What? Yeah. Am I going to be sad? Maybe. It's going to be sad and awesome and sad and great and sad and just awesome. Can I just dig a hole and climb inside? Uh, as like, long as you, as long as you have a tunnel... Night? To still communicate for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, get my bell, ring once for yes, two for no. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, great, great episode. Um, what did you think? I mean, obviously. Yeah, I, I need more Numa in my life. Yeah, well, we'll get there when we get to our Rebels rewatch. Can't wait. Um, we've still got how many episodes <laughs> left? Uh, we've still got, uh, we still have five seasons. Wow. Well, four full seasons and then a, a half season and then whatever comes next in season seven. But we'll have something for season seven. But yeah, we got a while. Okay. Yep. But uh, yeah, really good episode. Um, I love the, I like the ending um, when the Twi'leks rise up uh, against uh, TX-20 and he just starts repeatedly, you know, it does not compute, does not compute. And it's kind of a funny little, ah, ha, ha, he's a droid thing. But it's also really funny. <laughs> he's panicking. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's having a panic attack. Uh, you know, he's a tactical droid. Basically, he assesses situations and, based on the calculations, comes up with a plan of action. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the one thing he had not planned for was the people defending themselves. Yeah. Jaboy was literally... His brain was frying inside. Yeah, he was just like, yeah. he he did not know how to handle the situation where the people defended themselves. He was like, you know, uh, they had not accounted for them to have hope. Uh, and so, Ooh. yeah, Put I, I, I love that. Because it's, it's a funny little thing, but then when you really start to think about it, it's also just like, wow. Yeah. You know, uh, 
you know, and sometimes uh, that's that's how bullying and, and a lot of oppressive behavior works is it only works because they never calculate the person to defend back or stand yeah. up. And when it finally happens, that's usually a, that's usually sometimes what it takes is standing up for yourself. Vote. Um, that's <laughs> way, all I'm going to say. Vote. It. Way to turn it. Um, I'm not going to get political. Vote. And then we also have, of course, Waxer and Boyle, uh, a couple of my favorite. Just being the best dads. Uh, I will say that I like them more than most popular I think their interactions are really fun. Oh, yeah. And whatnot. They um, talk like an old married couple yeah, to each other. I just, I enjoy it. I hate that we don't get much more of them. Um, but I do I do enjoy what we do get. They just have such a really good relationship. And I think they pull it off better than uh, Fives and Echo. Because mm-hmm. I think, um, honestly, Heavy was the big antagonizer. So after um, he dies, that you know... Fives and Echo, who are the only remaining Domino Squad um, troopers, they have a more respectful relationship. Yeah. They have fun, but they don't they don't do the whole bickery thing like yeah. Waxer and Boyle do, and that's just fun to me. Yeah. So I really enjoy Waxer and Boyle. It just came to my head, John. What? Million dollars. But when we eventually have a baby, God hits the randomize button, and it could come out as. Any race from Star Wars could be a Twi'lek, or could be a, a Zabrak, which would be worse for me. We have seen a Zabrak baby born uh, in the comics, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I saw that one. So, um, I, I don't know if maybe they have special anatomy for that, don't or, know. Ha- or maybe they're just like... Just poor mom. Yeah. You poor would think they mom. wouldn't have the horns yet, but that baby was born with horns. Yeah. Uh, it's like I I'm already freaking just terrified cuz I I'm a Vincent and we have big heads. I'm not so much worried about Zabrax. I'm worried about like Nemoidians. Yeah. Like um or uh or what about freaking uh Ithorians or <laughs> Talls. That's like, so, like yeah, there's too much I can't deal with uh from <laughs> Star Wars as a child. Like I would love them. But it'd also be really freaking weird. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... I'm kind It'd be like Billy and his spider child <laughs> from uh, Grim Adventures. Oh, I that could was not a good deal. episode. That was a good few episodes. Philemon was in that. Yeah, he was. But yeah, I, I think... And Grey Delisle, who played uh, Ventress in 2013. Fancy. Yeah, she was Manny. Huh! Yep. She was the most... The things you learn on a podcast. She was most female child voices uh, during that time. She was Raven uh, from the original Teen Titans, or, well, even Teen Titans Go, because it's all the same cast. <laughs> we don't speak of that here. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was great to lie Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I would take it, just because I could possibly have a Toilet baby. <laughs> yeah, one in God knows how many species from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Could be one of the normal looking ones, though. Um, that's xenophobic. Wow. Um, anyway, I apologize. so in the last episode, um, there was kind of that perspective of the soldiers of war. Uh, in this instance, it's the perspective of the people of war. Yeah. Um, a big part of the plot is that the Twi'leks are being used as human shields, as as <laughs> living shields. Yeah. Um, Meat shields. Uh, you know, and props to the tactical droid, because that's actually very smart. Um, I mean, very evil. I mean, it's much like, um, <laughs> it's like the wand master from Harry Potter, where it's like, it's like, uh, great, 
but terrible. Um, like good, jo- good job at being terrible. Good job, uh, you suck. Right. Um, so, you know, it it goes to show how the people are affected um, simply by the war and the droid army is just there for treasure and uh, resources and you know and yet all these people um, have had to die and suffer um, throughout this war and and that's part of the moral is you know the losses of war and the the um, costs of war can't be accounted for because it's not always about stuff and money you know it's about people and memories and and just security and then think about those people afterwards you know as much as we'd love to say that this is the end of conflict for Ryloth it's not but you know what kind of stuff does that do to one's uh, nature and outlook on life to constantly be faced with war yeah and the prospect of I'm sorry Numa you know we just have to deal with it because our planet's just so rich in uh, ore you yeah. know it's our fault for living here like you know how does your perspective change with, with that constant oppression and, and fear of conflict so yeah um so yeah, it, it, it's a revolving door of perspective with these episodes. You go from the soldiers <laughs> to the people, and then in the next episode we get uh, another perspective, I think. And it's just things that I've picked up on this watching that I don't think I've seen before. Um, you know, obviously watching it before, it was, I was aware that, oh, you know, we're learning about the loss of life. Oh, we're learning about how um, those affected by war, you know, uh, how that looks. And, but here, it's it's much more. I think it's I think it was very purposeful of the writers to include these perspectives. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm looking too deep into things. I think these things are there. Um, so and also, I think it's also a great le- uh, lesson of in a in a slightly less popular. As much as we said we like Waxer and Boyle, um, you know, when Waxer first starts off, he's not very fond of helping the Twi'leks. Yeah, he's um, kind of a butt. He calls them tailheads, a very derogatory term towards them. Uh, you know, basically he looks at it as, hey, we're here to free the people, they should just get out of our way. And he quickly turns around to realizing that these people are people. Yeah. These people have lives and stories, and they don't deserve to have that neglected simply because war decided to come to their planet. Yeah. Um, you know, because... Uh, Waxer just basically looks at it as like all we have to do is shoot some stuff and then it's back to normal and unfortunately in Numa's case it's not. Her parents are dead. Um, the Twilight that finds her at the end is actually her uncle not her parents, not her father. Meaning she really did lose a lot during the droid invasion. And he, she lost her two clone daddies too. Yeah. So, you know, it's stuff like that where it's like you know, that's the reality of war unfortunately. It's not as simple as go in, shoot some things, and you're done. Uh, people are, you know, Numa for years. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, almost 20 years later is still dealing with the effects of war. So much so that now she's begun fighting against that war. You know, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Good old lighthearted episode, John. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Also, congratulations, Rebecca, on catching up on all of our Clone Wars episodes. Have another one. Did that happen? That just happened. Good job. Good job, Rebecca. That's Have why another. We, we knew that was going to happen soon, so that's why we're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Ye- anyway, but we do have one more episode and then um, some more coffee bits. Uno más. 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 Uno más
Lastly, in this episode arc, this great, great episode arc, we have episode 21 of season 1, Liberty on Ryloth. Already by the title we can tell this is the, this is the uh, uphill of, of it. This is the victory roll of it all. Yeah. Uh, the moral of this episode is compromise is a virtue to be cultivated, not a weakness to be despised. Yeah. Compromise makes a marriage. Depends on what kind of compromise you're talking about. I agree. Um, certainly you shouldn't compromise your character. No. Uh, that should not be a cultivated characteristic of your life. No. Um, you should have morals and standards, and you should stick to them uh, as long as they're moral and, and right and, and uh, foundable. Um, obviously, if you have morals and standards that are immoral and wrong, uh, you shouldn't have those either. You but, need to get your priorities straight, my friend. Yeah. My, my point is, as I have to do sometimes with some of these morals, is yes, but. It does apply, but you have to make sure you're, you're understanding. That's, that's the cousin of yes and. Yes. From, uh, uh, from you know. improv. Yeah. <laughs> yes and, and yes but, and I love it, but. Right. Uh, that's the crazy cousin. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, in the sense that it's talking about, um, two people... Um, have to come to a compromise for the greater good of their planet. Uh, that, in terms of, you know, compromise as a pride issue, uh, is something that we should all learn. We all have to learn how to make compromise with others. Yeah. Um, we don't need to force ourselves to the front. We don't need to be uh, the top man or top woman all the time. We don't need to be the best of the best. Sometimes we have to put ourselves aside to make some things happen. Yeah. That's the kind of compromise that should be cultivated for all of us, not necessarily again moral conversation. Yeah, um, Greg. If that's a word, um, you know, morally we should all be upright and, and and good, and you know, never compromise that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> never give in, never surrender. Anyway, that's the that's the dad listening uh, of the of the episode. And you're not even a dad. No, I'm getting my practice in. <laughs> um, opening narration of this episode is Republic victory is at hand I need to foot. take that to from the top say it a little more triumphantly I'm not please no <laughs> oh my goodness I'll give you a crisp <clears throat> high five in return high five like, oh crisp high five yeah. your crisp and high ran into each other and made it crisp high crisp high <laughs> crisp pine. <laughs> Uh, clone troopers under the command of Jedi have successfully invaded the Separatist-occupied world of Ryloth. Anakin Skywalker battles the enemy in the skies, while Obi-Wan Kenobi frees villages from the grip of the Separatist leader, Wat Tambor. Now, Jedi General Mace Windu what? leads the attack on the enemy lines in the final offensive to liberate the capital <coughs> city. So like I said, every episode we're focused on a different hero, and finally we get to the purple lightsabered man himself, Mace Windu. Thank you for clarifying. There's only one. There's only one. In canon. Well, yeah. Yeah, don't gripe at me. I know there are people in Legends that have purple lightsabers, but not in canon. In canon, it's actually rare and means it. You argue about canon with John. He will put you into a canon. <laughs> and fire you at the moon. <laughs> no. Not, 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 not the moon. The moon. Yeah. Uh, not the people, the place. <laughs> <laughs> the planet. Um, now, we have boots on the ground. Uh, after all the hard work of Obi-Wan and Anakin, 
Master Windu is finally able to make his way to the capital city in order to free it. What's the capital city called? Uh, Lesu. Lesu, right. I yes, uh, capital city Lesu. There you go. Uh, but the Separatist leader, Wat Tambor, Wat, is well dug in. After Windu's ATTE squad is halted, he, that's the walkie thingies, right? Yes. That's the big pants. One of the minis. That's the big mechanical pants, gotcha. Uh, he and the lightning squad take out the droid tanks with their ATRTs. Uh, Which ones are those? All-terrain recon transports. Okay, that makes no sense to me, but I will take your word for it. Uh, the battle... They're, they're small and fast, so they're meant to be able to go places that the ATTE can't go as a tank. Not the big walkie pants, gotcha. Right. Um, the battle, to this point, has been costly, and Windu doesn't think his forces can take the city alone. Windu wants to recruit the help of a local freedom fighter, Cham Sindula. That sounds familiar. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. But pap, but Papa Papal Time, and Ryloth Senator Ornfree Ta, are not fans of the idea. Windu insists it's the only way, that and seeks out Sindula for himself. By Ornfri the way, Ornfree Ta, <laughs> fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Big ol' fat Twi'lek. Yeah. I don't know how he got that way. <laughs> uh, it's it's meant to be a, a narrative symbolism of his gluttony and comfort while his people constantly go through suffrage. Uh, you know, while he's living it up on Coruscant as the senator, uh, quote-unquote, representing his people, uh, his people are constantly suffering. Mm. Uh, and if he claims, if he represents his people as much as he claims he did, uh, then they would see a lot more um, quality of life. Uh, so... And then sister. That's the big conflict. That's the visual representation of him as a fat twilight that you don't typically see. And it's... Even more stark, given that the uh, Twi'leks of, of these episodes are malnourished and starved, so they're much more lanky. Hmm. So uh, it's it's even more stark of how he can, you know, oh, let me have this uh, hollow call, and then I'll hang up and go have lunch. <coughs> Your yeah. people can't have lunch. Yeah, he's really got a super commie guru thing going on here. Yeah. I think I made that joke before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think with Jabba, yeah. No. <laughs> You know, why do you think we had to drown in the first place? <laughs> I drank all the water. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, if you haven't so, seen Dragon Ball Abridged, you're very confused. Yeah, you're missing out. So, Lightning Squad, uh, squad uh, is an elite squad? force that serves under Commander Pons of the 91st Mobile Reconnaissance Corps. If that sounds familiar, that's a clone skin that recently came to Battlefront. Uh, the squad is made up of squad? ARF Troopers. Razor and Stack, as far as we know. ARF Trooper stands for Advanced Recon Force Trooper. No, it stands for Puppy. What are you talking about? <laughs> ARF, ARF. ARF, ARF. Um, not to be confused with the ARC Trooper, the Advanced Recon Commando. Very freaking similar. One's a puppy, one's a seal. <laughs> ARF and ARC. Uh, and, well, the uh, commander of the ARC Troopers in Legends was Fordo, which is not too far from Fido. So, um, the advanced recon force were often ATRT pilots uh, and scouts that were skilled in speed and stealth uh, and surviving in difficult uh, long-term situations other than most clones. Most clones were the go, shoot, and retreat kind of uh, you know training, whereas ARF troopers uh, as scouts 
were more inclined to be somewhere for quite a long time. For instance, we saw off ARF troopers uh, being used as scouts when they were looking for Jabba the Hutt's son. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of what they're typically used for. Uh, that's why they pilot ATRTs. ATRTs are very fast, very nimble, and very small and able to get through, get through places that otherwise larger, heavier duty walkers couldn't do. <coughs> Nerd. Um, anyway, nerd. the commander pawns, uh, we've actually seen before, but most don't really realize it. In Attack of the Clones, when Windu exits a gunship during the Battle of Geonosis, he speaks with a clone commander, one with yellow-marked armor. Uh, that is Pons. Uh, Windu had, was apparently impressed with him during the battle and requested he remain with him in future service. He was like, I want that one. Basically. Um, and as we see by this point, Pons has customized the look of his armor. He's no longer got the yellow sh traditional stripes, but uh, has kind of a brick red uh, kind of design, uh, or color and design. It's the blood of his enemies. Um, and this is not the last time we will see Pons. I am... I'm going to need you to stop doing that. Stop looking at me with those eyes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, um so. <laughs> Ditto. What? We no. said um at the same time. You <laughs> owe me a Coke. Uh, yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, so that, I just, I think that was a really cool thing. Uh, I love when they make little connections like that where it's like, hey, this character is that character, by the way. Um, and it does make it interesting to think about, though, of when did they start when did they start customizing their armor and what exactly is the approval process and do they just go to like a paint and body shop or they have, like do they order it yeah, they have like wine and canvas nights I, it just it got you know when I was cause this is the first time I've watched the episode since learning that it was Pons which by the way in the Battlefield Report episode or not episode but the Battlefield Report book that's where you learn that um, yeah, and so I'm kind of just watching the episode, and I'm like, it's only been, this is the first year of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So it could be anywhere from three to nine months after the Battle of Geonosis. How long bef was it before they were like, all the clones look alike, we need some sort of way for them to tell them apart. Two weeks. Decorate <laughs> your armor. <laughs> like, and this then, again, but who who was the one going around like, uh, yeah, you can't have that, though. Like, or or who was the one that was going to write, oh, no, somebody already used red. Like, you know, I, I'm just, or, or yeah. the one that's like, I want to put, I want to put, like, dog ears on my helmet. Oh, Captain Rex already did that. Like. <laughs> They're cat ears. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just, uh, I don't know. I think about that a lot. I, you know, obviously it makes sense from the show's perspective of, hey, we need these kids to understand who's who. Uh, we needed to be very um, recognizable. We also want to sell toys, and a great way to do that is to make all of the characters look different. But also we, the same. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, we can't sell a whole bunch of clone troopers and say, oh, this one's called this and this one's called this, but they look exactly the same. Just trust us. Uh, you know, so I get it. I just, I'm still waiting for good in-universe explanation. Yeah, I get that. Because I'm that kind of nerd where I'm just like, I don't need to know, but I kind of need to know. You are a big nerd. Um, so, Windu uh, looks out the window and finally tracks down Sindula and the many Twi'leks that he is protecting. And after some convincing from Windu and after finding out that the droids have begun bombing Twi'lek villages, he agrees to help Windu. 
But only after he speaks with Senator Ta and gets his word that when the droids leave and the, the clones leave too. Once they agree, Windu and Sindula devise a plan for getting in the capital. At this time, or all this time, Dooku has been harassing Tambor about his ability to control Ryloth. He's not doing a very good job. No. And right now, Dooku is not being a leader. He's being a boss. He's <laughs> being a bossy pants. Yes, he is. He should have listened to our, you know, our, our conversation. Last, our our yeah. last conversation, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> the reason the droids bombed the villages was because, du because Dooku felt if the Separatists couldn't keep the planet... They could at least show the Republic's inability to protect it. Again. Smart. Brilliant. Yeah. But terrible. Yes. <laughs> Dooku ordered, orders Tambor to escape the first chance he gets. But Tambor holds off as he is waiting for more of his pillaged treasures to be brought to him. Tambor's uh, tactical droid, Ta... 175. Or, you know, TA. Ta-175. Uh, let's call him... Tattletail. Is constantly giving Tambor a difficult time as things begin to fall apart. Speaking of Tambor, John, tell us about that weirdo. Yeah, because I got a lot to say about that weirdo. I know you got a lot to say about that weirdo. Boy, howdy. Uh, so, Emir Wat Tambor. <coughs> uh, Emir, by the way, is a term of leadership. It's a title not his name, uh, which... Hello. What did I just drop? I don't know. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it was just the cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so when... Uh, I, I had to look into it because I really wasn't sure because uh, TA-175 continues to refer to him as Emir, and I'm like, is he being a smart droid and being like, <laughs> I'm using your first name, sir. I Gregory. don't respect you. Uh, you know, so, uh, but no, he's not. He's actually being respectful in spite of not liking Wat Tambor, uh, and calling him Amir. Um, but yeah, so I, I, even I was confused by that, but I, I kind of like my headcanon where the droids just sassing him, like, <laughs> listen here, George. Come here, Amir. <laughs> listen here, Sonny Jim. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, uh, Tambor is Escacoan. Say that ten times fast. Scott, I can't even say it once. Scott Cohen. Scott Cohen. Scott Cohen. Scott Cohen. Um, close enough. Uh, he's the foreman of the Techno Union, or leader of the Techno Union. That just sounds like a band. Yeah. Hashtag um, Techno Union. They're playing at uh, Svetlana Khan 2018. Svetlana Khan. <laughs> Svetlana Khan. Um, all uh, all Scott Cohen's... What? It's... it's yeah, never mind. Just stay in your corner. Stay um, in my lane. Oscar Cohen's uh, wear pressure suits uh, if they're away from their home world. Under they're amphibious pressure. creatures, uh, by the way. Um, but the pressure and atmosphere of Skako, their planet, is so different from typical planets that Skakoans run the risk of exploding without the use of a suit. I just kind of want to see that happen, though. <laughs> just, like, morbid curiosity. <laughs> um, the Techno Union, though, okay? So the Techno Union employed Tambor. Uh, I'm just gonna undercurrent with some Techno Union. No, <laughs> please. No. Uh, the Techno Union employed Tambor and other Skakoans, but uh, despite this, they are made up of many species within the business. Uh, Wat Tambor can kind of seem like the face of the business, and so it can lead you to believe that it's made up of all Skakoans, but it's not. 
in a bit of a political intrigue, goodness gracious, I can't read, uh, the Techno Union was represented in the Galactic Senate as a neutral body by the Ishitib Senator uh, Goom Sam, who appears in Season 3, also voiced by Phil Lamar. By the way, uh, Orange Free Todd is voiced by Phil Lamar. Fancy. Um, while the Senator claimed that the Union was neutral, they were actually the providers of the B-1 and B-2 battle droids, the crab droids, the octoparu droids, and many other droids. And you get the idea. They, they made a lot of droids. Yeah, they did. And so it was Tambor's job to oversee building and supplying these droids to the Separatists. Uh, so all the while being neutral, they're actually helping advance the war efforts in the bad way. Because of uh, the money. Because, uh, literally. Um, so Tambor appears first in Attack of the Clones and was voiced by legendary Star Wars sound designer Ben Furt. Huh. Uh, in this episode, though, he is voiced by Matthew Wood, <laughs> who is also a leading Star Wars sound designer. Uh, I don't know if that was done out of tradition or what, but I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Wood has given us the voice of Battle Droids, General Grievous, and many other memorable sounds, especially of the prequels. But it's been Burt uh, that... Um, is the creator of lightsaber sounds, Darth Vader's breathing, R2's beeps and whistles, and even many of the Star Wars languages. Uh, ben Burt is legendary in terms of giving Star Wars its sound. Ralph McQuarrie gave Star Wars its design. Ben Burt gave Star Wars its sound. I want to uh, see... And there's a lot of beautiful sounds in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and so if you see, hear a sound in Star Wars, particularly in the original trilogy, mm -hmm. odds are Ben Burt put it there. Uh, so, lots of cool connections. I tried to do a Wilhelm scream, uh, it didn't ben, work. Ben Burt is the reason why we have the Wilhelm scream uh, constantly. And any film he works on, he loves to include uh, the Wilhelm scream. He loves that scream. I love it Sadly, too. he is not the purveyor of the Wilhelm scream. I thought they were going to say that, but no. No, I was hoping so too. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, lots, yeah. of, lots of connections there. Lots of nerdy stuff. Yep, the, uh, the notes say neat stuff, but I'm going to say big nerd. Uh, so Tambor is waiting for a couple of MTTs to bring him his treasures, and Windu and the ARF troopers plan on using these to enter the city. Uh, the scene with Windu making his way across the cat- the- I almost said chasm. <laughs> I almost did it. It's a chasm. After the laser bridge is just- I had cold medicine. <laughs> don't- don't judge me. Uh, the laser bridge is disabled is very cool, and Windu proves that he is a real cool action hero kind of Jedi. He doesn't always have the warmest personality, but he is cool at about pretty much everything he does. Mm -hmm. I'd say so. He even had a cool death. Saber. It's true. And the Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you, you kind of got you, you can't just make him a traditional, uh, compassionate Jedi. He has to be, he has to be the one with, uh, you know... <laughs> B-A-M-F on his wallet. <laughs> or, or, in, or in, in this case, his lightsaber. He's made that joke before. Yes. How can you tell yours apart? Mine's the one with B-A-M-F on it. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, just look up Samuel L. Jackson B-A-M-F wallet slash lightsaber scene. But not if you're 12. Yeah, okay, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's funny, though. Uh, Pulp Fiction reference. Yeah. Oh, man. Good movie. Um... So, Windu goes after Tambor and Razor and Stack are tasked with reactivating the bridge to Sindula and the rest of the and the rest of the troops so that they can get in. 
After some resistance, it all works out, and the capital is able to be retaken. And the best part is when TA-175 leaves Tambor just before Windu shows up. That droid did not like him. No, it was the best part. I with good it. reason. And with that, Ryloth is free for the time being. All is well that ends well, as Sindula and Ta make peace. For now. For yeah. now. For at least nothing, nothing a little lasts while. since Star Wars. Nothing's peaceful forever. Just all just coming to an end. Yeah, nothing is sure in Star Wars, but Metaclorians and taxes. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I thought it was clever. Thank you. Um, so, what'd you think about? So, this is the the final episode. What'd you think? Well, not like the final episode. Yeah, I was about to say. The we final got... episode of this episode and final episode of this arc. What did you think? I really enjoyed this arc as a whole. Yes, very So, good. yeah, I like Twi'leks. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I think they're one of my favorite races on, in uh, Star Wars. There are a lot of people's, you know, it's to the point that, you know, when people see Twi'leks, Rodians, uh, and arguably other uh, traditional Star Wars species, it's I'm a big fan deal. of Transosians. Uh, lucky for you, <coughs> I want to say it's season three though. Ooh. Yeah, we get some we get some trained oceans. Sick. So, but yeah, it's a really good arc. Really, really solid in you know not that it had uh, any particularly low points in the season. Um, definitely, uh, it ended on a on a high note. Um, so, what about the season as a whole for you? All of see you're done with season one now. Ooh. You've completed one season. I'm That's glad. an accomplishment. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I finished you. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh... You know how I feel about the first few episodes. They're a little... It, it's a little bit of a rocky start, but I could see the improvement as the season went on. Definitely. It got me far too invested. <laughs> Very quickly. Far too invested in the clones. Yep. And Ahsoka. And to be fair, you know, we're watching Chronological, so there are about f maybe four episodes that are technically not season one, uh -huh. but the story of season one is told largely with season one episodes with a couple of built in. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, and I think there we've seen how later episodes really deal with progression of detail and storytelling and action and characters and everything so honestly i think from season two on season three is when it really really gets to be the clone wars that i think a lot of people know clone wars to be but season two is realms uh better than season one and that's not to say that season one's bad i love season one uh but certainly season two improves on what's already great yeah. So that's what I'm really excited about. I think it has a really strong start with Cad Bane uh, and whatnot. So I'm really looking forward to next week uh, getting to start season two there with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think. Um, I'm sad that we're going to talk about uh, Bounty Hunters before we watch the Clone Wars episode with Cad Bane. So we won't be able to talk about Cad Bane because then I'll spoil things. <laughs> but... Uh, we'll eventually get to Cad Bane. We'll probably do another episode on Bounty Hunters down the road once you see some more cool Clone Wars ones that I think you're going to like. 
because uh, next week we're going to pretty much talk about the classics, the OG bounty yeah. hunters. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to have a separate Clone Wars one, because there's a lot of cool bounty hunters in Clone Wars. So next week we're going to be talking about IG-88 for 30 minutes? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> that was a joke, but yeah. Yeah, probably. There's a lot to talk about with IG-88. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what I love in this episode and the last one, though, is actually seeing the tactical droids, which are supposed to be the smart droids, actually being smart. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the last one, um, it was smart in the much more plotty sense of, you know, oh, I'm, I'm on the battlefield, I'm leading this, and I'm in charge, and, you know, making evil and, and smart calculations, um... And this one, though, it's smarter in the sense of, like, it's the the droid is constantly challenging Tambora. You know, like the droid, he's he's like, you can't talk to Dooku. You you can't tell him about things. You can't report to him. And he's he's like, uh, we have our orders. I'm gonna be ready on the ship. I you know suggest you do that too. Later. Yeah, like I just I love the droids, uh, the tactical droids in these last two ones. Oh um, yeah, it's really cool. And you don't typically see one of those survive. So. Yeah. I think this is the first time we see a tactical droid survive. Uh, and that's just because he was basically smart enough to know when to leave. Um, so the perspective thing, though, uh, coming back to that, you know, the first episode, perspective on soldiers. Second episode, perspective on people. And then this one, it's perspective on politics, I think. Mm -hmm. This one takes time to really linger on, you know, well, what does it take to get things done? And is it just enough to shoot some guns and it's all done? Or, you know, what has to be done politically uh, to ensure the survival of a people and a planet, in this case, after war and whatnot? It deals a lot with that nature of, of the um, galaxy, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, unfortunately, politics is in everything. And so, in order to really accomplished this, they had to, do, to rely on politics a little bit. And luckily, in this case, it worked out, but um, you know, it, it's interesting, and it's kind of reminding to us, you know, who want to be quick to say, eh, it should be just easy, just go in and do this thing. Um, as much as it sucks sometimes, sometimes there's layers to, to getting things done in the big picture. Um, and so, you know, we have to follow them as best we can. You know, Champs and Dula certainly didn't like politics, but he liked it people, and if he was going to do the best by his people, he had to submit to the politics for the time being. Mm. And so, you know, unfortunately, uh, if we want change in a lot of ways in our modern uh, time and world, then we have to use the politics we hate um, to get that change to happen sometimes. I bet you're not going to be able to guess what I'm about to say. What? Vote! <laughs> I thought you were going to say Twi'lek or something. Twi'leks can't vote. I think dogs should vote. <laughs> they probably make better decisions than us sometimes. Amen, sister. All right, well, uh, so we're going to meet you guys in the closing of the episode. Um, but don't forget to let us know what you thought of these Clone Wars episodes. Let us know what your favorites were, what you thought of uh, the happenings of them, what your opinion on uh, Twi'leks are. And would you take a million dollars to be able to birth possibly any alien yep. Star Wars species? Yep. Uh, I would not like to have a conversation with anyone that would say yes. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Too late.
Apparently. <laughs> With that, season one of The Clone Wars comes to an end. Uh, but it's not a long wait for season two, literally just a week. Next week we're back. Uh with season two we're gonna keep on chugging going strong uh got some good episodes ahead of us for that so i'm looking forward yeah. to it hopefully you are as well obviously sure if, you, if you're following the chronological order then you'll know we're i mean i believe it's just episode one two and three i don't think there's any chronological weirdness to uh the beginning of season two so if you want to watch ahead feel free to do that if not then come ready to listen to the conversation and be sure to join the conversation. Let us know what you think of them, uh, the episodes each week. So, oh, I forgot to mention. Oh boy. So when uh, the Twi'lek slaves are loading up Wat Tambor's shuttle with uh-huh. treasure, one of the treasures is the Ark of the Covenant. What? From uh, Indiana Jones and you know the Bible. Uh, the only difference is... <laughs> you know, from Indiana Jones and the Bible. Yeah. Instead of uh, golden falcons or eagles... They're on, angels. Uh, yes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> instead of the golden angels on the lid... You teach a Sunday school class. <laughs> I've never had to... No, no kid is interested in that. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll... You know, if I have to teach the kids about the Ark of the Covenant, I'm going to show them Indiana Jones... <laughs> don't look at it kids <laughs> exactly. don't look at it that's all you need to know don't look at it uh, but do look at it recognize that the angels are not there but golden twi'leks instead <laughs> that was so funny golden twi'leks yeah that sounds like that sounds a like a bar <laughs> yeah I was about to say a gentleman's bar but no let's call it what it is it's a strip club um, so there you go you reminded me of that I can't believe I forgot that I can't believe you did either fun funner fact Connected oh to the same the episode's uh, over. holy object. Oh no. There is a reference book. Uh, I believe it's the Force Awakens uh, visual guide. Yeah. It um, shows, or it could be the Force Awakens um, cross sections. What? Either way, there's the the cargo ship that Han and Chewie are flying when they pick up the Falcon. Yeah. Um, there's a They're section a that calls out that they have a piece of cargo that they cannot unlock. And it gives a serial number. The serial number is the same serial number on the box of the Ark of the Covenant at the end of Indiana Jones, where they're putting it in a museum. It belongs in a museum. Space Jesus! That is so just freaking nerdy. I'm just like, oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Wow. Uh, It's great because it's Star Wars and Indiana Jones. It's great because it's Han Solo and Indiana Jones. And it's great because it ties into this episode because Ark of the Covenant. There you go. There you go. I can't believe I forgot those nerdy bits, Megan. Goodness, some of my favorite nerdy bits. Thought I was your favorite nerdy bits. Hashtag bit. nerdy bits. Um, <laughs> Can we end the episode now? Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> um, as we mentioned uh, at the beginning, we now have a sponsorship section in our various episodes. Yeah, so if you're yeah. listening to the episode, this episode, you've already heard our sponsorship for this uh, episode. And as you listen to future episodes, you'll continue to hear sponsorships. Some will be the same, some will be different. Um, we do ask you to be patient with us uh, for including that. Again, it's only a minute of your time away from Star Wars stuff. Uh, and I do apologize if it's always the same thing. I know for our repeat listeners, it's going to be a little bit of an annoyance. But for that little bit of annoyance that you guys go through, we are actually earning income to support the show. 
Uh, it's nothing extravagant. We actually only get about four cents per listen. Uh, but every time someone listens to our episode and listens to that sponsorship, we earn that four cents. And that eventually builds up into income that helps us support the show. Obviously, that's not a whole lot of income. And so Patreon is still a big thing for us. And we still encourage you guys to check out Patreon and check out uh, the awesome stuff that you get for supporting us. Um, and just know that by you listening each week as well, you're helping support us little by little um, to continue to do the show and continue to look ahead to growing the show and all that awesome stuff. Um, so us having the sponsorship isn't necessarily a reason to, to, oh, you know, they don't need Patreons after all. No, we still need Patreons, but being we don't have Patreons right now, this is a way for us to slowly accrue income and support ourselves as we do this. You know, unfortunately, this isn't full-time, um, and there's a lot that goes into uh, supporting the show um, for us. And so we would love if you guys would check out our Patreon see what we offer there for just a dollar a month. There's actually quite a lot going on. We have a Christmas giveaway coming up. We're going to have all kinds of different things like streaming and extra content that's going to be coming out. So uh, if you're able to, if you're able to pledge a dollar a month, we really would appreciate if you would uh, do that. Now, we greatly appreciate Rebecca, who is already in uh, the herd as a contributor, um, and you can join her in doing that, and we would appreciate you greatly. Um, other than that, um, just thanks for being you. here and you uh, and yeah. listening to our little podcast. We appreciate that. Um, we've just crossed over 1,200 listens um, overall, and, and that's awesome. Um, you know, And we're pretty close to 200 followers on Twitter and all that other stuff, and all of that just is phenomenal. We never thought anything like that would happen with starting this show, and so, um, yeah, that's why we need the support and continuing to go, grow, because we never thought it would actually be popular. Um, but as it as the show grows uh, in popularity, we want to grow with it, and so you can make that happen. Um, another great way uh, to help make growth happen and support us is to just share us around. If you like the episode, uh, make sure to post it on your social medias. Um, and while you're there, you can give us a like and a follow. If you share it on Facebook, find us on Facebook. Um, Hit us up, let us know what you think. Uh, you can even rate us on Facebook. If you are uh, on Twitter, then share us on Twitter, and then follow us on Twitter, and yeah. interact with us in our tasty Star Wars memes. Um, and tasty. if you're an Apple tasty podcast memes. listener, then be sure to rate us on <coughs> iTunes. You can do that, and we would greatly appreciate it. The more rates that we get, the more visible we get, and the more visible we get, the more people listen, the more people listen the more we're able to help grow the show, all that good stuff. The more we're able to grow the show, the more we will grow as people. And eventually we take over the world. Yay! So, help us take over the world, help us send our cats to college, uh, all that awesome, awesome stuff. Um, we believe in you because you're awesome people, so uh, hopefully you have a great weekend. Uh, again, uh, we will have some Patreon goodies um, coming out this weekend, particularly our 10 Things We Love About series. Um, if you want access to just an additional Nerd Herder show uh, and to support that show, then you can still head over to Patreon and get connected to uh, get that awesomeness. Uh, that's a once-a-month show that we're going we're gonna to do. Um, this week, or well, this month, it's about uh, 10 Things We Love About 
The Phantom Menace. So um, we that's why we recently watched The Phantom Menace. And uh, so it's going to be good because that's actually Megan's week favorite. So it's going to lead some, some interesting conversations. Um, you know, uh, I think it's awesome when, when people that don't like something uh, greatly uh, can be forced to find things that they do like. And instead of talking about the things you don't like, talk about the things you do. Um, you know, the whole uh, not, don't kill what you hate but say what you love stuff. And on that rose wisdom, we'll leave you to your weekend, good sirs and madams and lizards. Uh, Have a good day. As always, stay scruffy, and may the force be with you. Bye.